This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, January 4th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside Jerem Jordan. As always, great to have you with us. Uh, We begin with... A little bit of sobering news. If you haven't heard, BYU basketball head coach Dave Rose, we learned over the weekend, suffered a stroke. So just add another tough health situation to the head coach who has already dealt with cancer, recently a heart attack, and now a stroke. Now here is the good news. I received a message from his family yesterday, and I paraphrase this, uh, essentially saying Coach Rose is doing much better today. He's mobile. He's practicing walking upstairs. He's made leaps and bounds with his occupational therapy. And the greatest improvement of all is his speech therapy and recollection. He's showing amazing progress with his long-term memory. They continue. It's nothing short of a miracle rooted in the incredible army of everyone who has fasted and prayed for him. Thank you so much. That message from the Dave Rose family. So glad to hear that he's doing all right. Yeah. But, man, it just, it just knocks you off your feet. Every time you wonder how many more things – does he have to go through and does the Rose family have to endure? They're incredibly inspiring to see them, how they, how they rally around this. Yeah, I'm glad uh, Coach is recovering okay. So much respect, of course, for Dave and what he did here and, uh, of course, our interactions for several years with him and uh, hoping for the best for the family and uh, for Dave. So, yeah, that was like, wow. Uh, news knocks you off your feet. And the reaction uh, nationally of, of respect for Dave was pretty uh, cool to see. Uh, you never want anything like that to happen, but the uh, the national media that reacted to uh, Dave and the kind of guy he is uh, is pretty notable. Incredible. Yeah, in fact, I got a text message from our good friend Roxy Bernstein that said, hey, Bill Walton wants to reach out to Coach Rose, mm. so can you send me his contact information? You're like, just have Bill call me. <laughs> and <laughs> Which I thought, to, to your yeah. point, it's – really amazing to see how many different lives he has impacted and the reach yeah. that a name like Coach Rose has for the game of college basketball. One time Bill was preparing to do a BYU game and he sent the men's basketball sports information director an email that used to be Kyle Chilton. The entire uh, text of the email was in the uh, subject line of the email. <laughs> Fun fact. That really happened. I wish I yeah. could have seen that email. And I think he said I see colors in it or something. Yeah. Just kidding. I remember. Yeah. Well, hope it, yeah, hoping for the best for Dave. That's great news because my grandpa had a stroke and he was never the same. Just, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't always go well. Yeah. Um, so initial reports uh, are that it's going uh, better than could be expected. Yes. So that's great. We love the Rose family. And uh, if any of you are watching, please send our regards to uh, the coach. We love him. We appreciate him. He's he's. A legend, man. Huge part of BYU basketball. Yeah. I, I mean, it, Stan Watts is in the Basketball Hall of Fame, but uh, that was – that was, and he started it, but I, I would argue that Dave's right there, right, with greatest Ab- basketball coach absolutely. BYU. Absolutely. Right there. Okay. Yeah. We love you, Coach Rose. On to our Monday show lineup, including the expected NFL jump, now gone official for Zach Wilson. How will it impact the BYU football program moving forward? Eight different BYU players have now officially declared – so, what is, yeah, and some seniors. Yeah. Right. I mean, they can all come three, back three if underclassmen. they want because of the yeah. COVID exception, but yeah. Yep. What does that mean for the state of the program? ESPN's- it means seven and five. <laughs> That's what it means. That's what it means. <laughs> ESPN's Trevor Maddox will answer those questions, plus his stance on a report that BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes may have a new job in the Big 12. May. 
And the first net rankings out for BYU basketball. Where did the Cougars land? Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Zach Wilson declares for the NFL draft. What a shocker! Mm. After a top 10 Heisman Jr. season that included 43 million touchdowns and only uh, three interceptions. Wilson is projected as high as second overall pick to the Jets. We'll discuss a little bit more Trevor Maddich where he could go potentially. Seniors Kyrus Tonga and Tristan Hodge added their names to the dudes that are bouncing list after completing their senior seasons. Again, this was a free eligibility year, but they're opting to pursue the NFL. Multiple sources reporting that BYU offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes will be the new offensive coordinator at Baylor in the Big 12. Oh, Saturday, October 16th at Baylor. Mark that down on your calendars, if you still do that thing. On your Franklin place. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN and Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports notably out with that story. Grimes previously worked with Baylor head coach Dave Aranda at LSU. Also this, and I'm sure most of you have already heard this, former BYU quarterback Steve Sarkeesian back in the head coaching game at Texas. Texas can never get away from BYU, ever. BYU now has four alumni as head coaches of FBS programs more than any other FBS school. Interesting. So Big 12 connections, right? Uh, by the way, Jeff Grimes is like from two hours north in Garland outside of Dallas, so he's going home. This is, this is, he's going home. Good for him. I'm, I'm excited for him. BYU men's basketball, uh, number 52 in the initial net rating. Okay. 52, so out, essentially, of the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga's number one. St. Mary's 53. St. Mary's! Cougars one and two in quad one games, with San Diego State uh, being the marquee dub of the season thus far. Boise State 13th in the net rankings. How much does that loss sting now? Yeah, don't go down 14-0. That was tough. Uh, BYU lost by four at home to the Broncos. How about Cougars in the NFL playoffs? Daniel Sorensen and the Kansas City Chiefs earned the first-round bye in the AFC playoffs. I, I hadn't heard that from Jason yet. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> While Jamal Williams and the Packers secure a first-round bye in the NFC. Taysom Hill ran for 41 yards and a touchdown because every running back was out for the Saints. Yep. Yep. <laughs> New Orleans beats the Panthers. They're the number two seed in the NFC playoffs. The Saints take on the Chicago Bears this Sunday in the wild card round. David Nixon texted me last night. He's already got his tickets. Oh, nice. So he'll be our insider. Are we for- going for it? With him? The or? NFC wildcard playoff. You know, men's hoops has a bye this week. We can go. <laughs> and how about this? Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns and the NFL's longest postseason drought. It's been almost 20 years since the Browns were in the NFL playoffs. They beat the Steelers, and now they have a rematch against the Pittsburgh Steelers in their wildcard game. Listen, it was 0-2. I don't want to hear about it. Uh, the Mariners haven't made the uh, playoffs since so Whatever. And uh, a five-headline day. Let's go. It's game day. Ball night for women's hoops. They uh, take on San Diego tonight, 8 Eastern. The women's team uh, headed out. They're going to play three conference games this week. Let's hey, go. I'm glad uh, at least one BYU basketball team Yeah, at least uh, some some somebody, somebody's playing some ball. Uh, yeah, we forgot that headline, I guess. Two games canceled. Saturday's game canceled, too. What the heck? Who knows if there are going to be more? I know. California, man. Ah. California. Yeah, contact tracing for the loss. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've never heard that. Oh, I love that. For the loss. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Zach Wilson will be a quarterback in the National Football League in just a few months. Jaron, what's your reaction to Zach Wilson? Shockingly. 
making it official that he is skipping his senior season and going to the NFL. About midway through the season, this started to become a reality, right? Um, We saw him climbing to the first round. Yeah, and he even admitted in a great article by Jay Drew about the ascension of Zach Wilson that once Zach saw Mel Kuyper put him in the top five, he was like, oh, Wow. Okay. Um, Maybe so, I should go. Yeah, that, that was that was crazy. What a season. 43 touchdowns, three giveaways. That is wild. Um, like the Lego movie said, everything was awesome. Zach Wilson was so good. Best BYU quarterback in a long, long time. Like, weird to think that Zach Wilson had a better season than, I'd argue, Taysom Hill, Max Hall, even John Beck. Brandon Doman. I mean, you may you may have to go back to Steve Young's eighty three to really sorry or uh, tie ninety to uh, to have a season like this. I haven't broken it down all the way. I started over the break. I stopped because there were too many numbers. I was punching seventy three point five percent. Just okay. So yeah, uh, which brings us to our amazing stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Okay, Zach Wilson finished the season with the sixth best completion percentage and efficiency in not BYU history, <laughs> FBS history. So 73.5%, and then his efficiency this year was crazy awesome, too. Two thumbs up for that. So, yeah, no, just incredible. I mean, I th- we thought he'd be better. Do you remember during the summer, I was like, why wouldn't BYU be better as a team because they have all these guys that have been playing the last two years. It's not like random dudes that were backups or juniors now. Zach Wilson made a leap that maybe he didn't even think he'd make. You know what I mean? But he put in the work, um, the opposite of entitled. Again, read that article by Jader. Really, really insightful as to the process. He actually worked DoorDash one day on Mother's Day to just earn money. Just He's like, so entitled. Yeah, rich kid from Draper. Yep. Yep, just mom and dad's money. No, he's like taking ramen no. and whatever. And anyway. To the Wilsons, they make him work. They make him They don't work. have to, right? They, ha- they got some dough. But anyway, just an amazing season. Really fun to watch. Um, I-, I would say I'm going to miss Zach, but I'm more excited for him to go to the NFL. I'm not going to be like, oh, gosh. Like, it's time. It's perfect time. Yes, this is the right decision 100%. And both you and I said, look, if he decides that the NFL is now – and it's the right decision, then we support it, and we are here to support that. Are you kidding me? I feel like there are some BYU fans that are saying, well, but the schedule next year is going to be so epic, and he's got a chance to beat Utah. Maybe he could win the Heisman. He's got a chance to beat the the Chiefs. Exactly. <laughs> Who cares about Utah? He's got a chance to be a top five, to be the highest drafted player ever from BYU into the NFL, and you're saying, oh, no, come on, come on back. It's Play for right. free. I, I feel like it's the uh, person on deal or no deal that has two cases left, million dollars and like $100,000. So either way, it's going to be good. But they're like, oh, no, go one more suitcase. See if you get that. Guarantee that million. Don't take the 800000 Get the million. No. Be smart. And he is smart. That's yeah. why he made the right decision. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, topic two. Who will be the starting quarterback for BYU in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 2.41. It feels like a long ways now. When we did it sub 2.50, I was like, okay. Now I'm like, oh, it's a long ways away. 241 anyway, days. So Zach's gone, but the cupboard's full. So who you got? The front runner for BYU to start at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas? Why are you saying it like a question? We hope, right? I hope, hopefully it's happening with fans and everything goes off without a hitch, right? Based, I'm, I've been a little bit callous because of 2020, all right? 
It's 2021. I know. Didn't COVID go away? Yeah, I... <laughs> oh, it's still here? Oh, gosh. Right now, scheduled for Allegiant Stadium, BYU's second home, Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. We expect more BYU fans to be down there, and I think they're going to be watching Baylor Romney. Oh, Jerome. Baylor Romney. Baylor Romney. Why wouldn't he be the guy right now? He was the second string if all year. Hall's healthy. Hey, and I'm not he taking anything away from Jaron Hall, but when spring football starts, Baylor Romney has earned the right to be the number one guy. Yes. And I know that Jacob Conover brings a ton of talent and an amazing skill set and four stars from Arizona. And a lot of people think, oh, Jacob Conover is going to be the next Zach Wilson. Dave McCann has, like, crowned Jacob Conover we gotta wait. right now. We've got to wait on that. He's still a freshman. But he dominated as the scout team quarterback. It's so different. Yeah. It's so different. Well, that was the nation's, team. like, a top five scoring defense. He was going up touché, against in practice. Touche. Right? And the coaches said he embarrassed the first team defense okay. on a number of occasions. Full disclosure on Tuesday night, sometimes Kalani would come <laughs> for the coach show. And man, Jacob Conover was awesome tonight. So, I, okay, I don't know. Because if Jaron Hall is healthy by August, he had issues with his hip. He's totally in the mix. Because you know who the number two was when he was healthy last? Jaron Hall. And Jaron Hall, uh, Baylor Romney went into the season as the number three. Like a co-two, but he was the number three. Okay? But he started the number two this year. Right. That's was, what that, I'm sa- was that all based what, on the injury? What I'm saying is, yeah, yeah, it was, it was like a co-two, but yeah. When Jaron is healthy, what is Jaron? He was the backup. He was the next guy. When Zach, right? In 2019. So I, I just, I, and Sol J might have a Peters is there. Sol J's a little ways off in this sure. process. Sol J right? Summer saying, ha, I'm going to show you. And I, I hope he does. And maybe he will, right? But I, I love this because spring and fall, there is nothing more compelling, interesting, rich, amazing at BYU, yay, barely more than games, than a quarterback battle mm. at BYU. And we're going to see it with Baylor Romney and Jacob Conover. And if Jaron Hall's healthy, Jaron Hall's well. So I don't know, but I, if you told me any of those three are the starter, like we just fast forward, I just you're in a, you're in a coma until uh, you know September, <laughs> boom. I would not be shocked at any of those three. But I do want Jacob Conover to redshirt. Let me tell you why. Ooh. Seven Power Fives in Boise State. It just it doesn't scream. Eight, nine, ten wins with a freshman. No matter how good the freshman is, he Jacob's, can still play four games. Jacob's going to be awesome. He can still play four right. games in redshirt. True, true. Um, and th- and that's what I want. I don't want Jacob Conover to be rushed into this when you have a senior like Baylor Romney sitting there ready. Now, if Baylor plays and he's not good enough, and you bring in Jacob, that's different. But I, I think that Baylor could be good enough. So my preference, if I had it, and I don't, is that you wouldn't play Jacob Conover very much, and he would redshirt. I think that all depends on. What happens with Jaron Hall, right? Yeah, I think it does. And, and it's injuries and ineptitude. You don't want the two eyes, right? And inconsistency. With yeah. three eyes. Right now, I think Baylor Romney has earned the right to be the number one guy in spring, but it's going to set up a very compelling fall. I don't think he's getting one reps, by the way. I think it's split because they'll go, all right, let's see who, uh, who, who gets it. Our question of the day. We want you to answer it. Who is your front runner for the starting quarterback job for BYU against Arizona in Las Vegas in 241 days and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At TX Colonel says Romney is top until beaten. He has the most convincing wins. Hall concussions have me worried. 
Conover sounds like the new Zach Wilson but needs experience. I'd like to see him challenge the field. Mayava is a wild card. Don't know enough about him. Yeah, and again, Hall's health is entirely contingent on, yeah, of course, there are concussions as well. That's a big deal. So, yeah, I would think that it's probably going to be Baylor Romney. Like, if I had to bet, I would bet on Baylor Romney. But Jacob Conover is feisty, dude. Like, he is like Max Hall competitor, like – like, hey, I'm cool coming here if you're if I'm taking Zach Wilson's job in a couple games type swag, right? Um, and I'm excited about that. That'll be fun. I think it'd be great for him to back up mm. or barely play a year, and then he goes into it. Seven power fives is tough for anybody, even Zach Wilson. I love that Jackson Clough, now uh, in minor league baseball professionally, said, my center fielder is going to be the starting quarterback for BYU. Baseball guy's going all, to bat. Yeah, hey. Going to bat. He's got to back his uh, guy. And, and and this just in, Baylor just announced. Okay. We mentioned the reports about Jeff Grimes. Baylor has just announced that Jeff Grimes will be the new offensive coordinator. So congratulations yeah. to Jeff Grimes for making uh, the jump. And we say the jump because it's probably a financial jump uh, for Jeff Grimes. Power and it's a power program. five. And it's going to set up a really fun situation where Saturday, October 16th, BYU will be in Waco mm. playing against the Baylor Bears. So the connection with Dave Aranda at LSU, as you mentioned, who was the defensive coordinator, uh, and then you had the run game coordinator and offensive line coach Jeff Grimes. We we said this would be a casualty of greatness is losing coaches. Uh, we'll see if Eric Mateos goes with him. We'll see if he takes him or if Eric Mateos stays here. But BYU has a new OC to uh, replace, and uh, BYU's not going to say this, but I'll just do it for him. It will be Aaron Roderick. <laughs> okay, it's more likely that Aaron Roderick isn't the OC. Uh, then it is BYU will start playing on Sunday. Okay, okay. so okay. Aaron Roderick will be the new OC. Hopefully, Fessy uh, uh, Sataki is upgraded in some way. Sure, to perhaps gets a passing title. game coordinator. Um, gets and a pay raise. We'll see if Aaron stays the QB coach or if he makes Fessy the QB coach or something like that. But perhaps BYU is replacing wide receivers coach if Fessy upgrades in that. We'll see. So there could be some movement, but expect Aaron Roderick to be the OC. That like one hundred percent. He's been calling the plays. Since the Boise State game last year. Hey, we're off to with a Jeff great Grimes, start in with 2021, With Steve we? Clark. Yeah. So much unknown. Lots going on. Today would normally be a hoops day, but it's not. Yeah. It is a football day, man. Basketball's not even playing. Okay, coming up. Who? <laughs> men's hoops is in season? Uh, men's hoops, 9-2. and two, But why, is the rea- why isn't the reaction of the Cougars better? Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich joins us for his regular Maddich Monday. What impact will the BYU exodus of great players have on the Cougars program next season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope and Coach Greg Bell discuss two COVID postponements and what's in store this week, plus the debut of Nick Robinson's Be Blue tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV We are live in Studio B on a Monday with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline for another Maddich Monday is ESPN college football insider and expert BYU national champion Trevor Maddich, a guy who personally I think could have made the jump early to the NFL if he wanted to. Trevor, uh, Zach Wilson has made that decision. What do you think of Zach's jump after a record-setting season? It was the right choice, especially because of his injury history. I mean, this is his first fully healthy year at BYU, and if he comes back, there's always the chance that he might get dinged again. And if he comes back, how is he going to surpass what he's already done? I mean, he might, but from the standpoint of his future, this is the right moment. And considering that he'll be probably the second or third quarterback taken, certainly a first rounder, he needs to go as bad as that is for BYU fans. 
We'll discuss where potentially he could go in a minute, but uh, what a season he had. 43 total touchdowns, only three giveaways. An efficiency record at BYU for single game season, career, uh, sixth in completion percentage, and efficiency in a single season, all-time in FBS history. I mean, this was an all-time season, and you played with a lot of great BYU quarterbacks and watched forever. Where would you put him among the BYU greats now? And I think maybe the dust will settle and later we'll go, oh, maybe he's here. But right now, what do you think? I think splash in the middle of all of them. Splash in the middle of all of them. Now, he didn't make first-team AP All-American. That is not on him, though. There were some other guys that had something to say about that. When you look at the performance that he had, it was the caliber of a first-team All-American. And I think BYU fans should remember him that way. And when you look at the quarterbacks I played with, Mark Wilson, Jim McMahon, Steve Young, Robbie Bosco, I think if you put the name Zach Wilson in that, it would belong in that group. You forgot Blaine Fowler, by the way. I just want to point that out. Blaine Fowler was the hero of the holiday (laughs) that doesn't get enough credit. He came in when Robbie Bosco was out with an injury, and he kept things going. And things could have gone south at that point, but Blaine had a steady hand and an accurate arm, and he kept it going until Robbie came back. Blaine Fowler is one of the unsung heroes of that season. Hey, we're here for it. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday. Now everybody wants to know, well, where is Zach Wilson going to end up? Because some mock projections, and by some I mean many, have him going second overall to the New York Jets. But then Justin Fields plays the game of his career in the college football semifinal against Clemson. And now Jets fans are saying, well, maybe we want Justin Fields. So where do you think Zach and Justin are both going to end up, Trevor? I think for the Jets, the each guy brings a different benefit. The Jets aren't very good. Their offensive line, they've been investing in, but they've got nobody to throw to. So you've got to have a quarterback that can bug out and run when everybody's covered. And that happens a lot. Justin Fields is physically stronger and bigger than Zach Wilson, and that may be may give him an opportunity to succeed more with the Jets earlier than Zach might. If I'm the Jets, because of that, I may go with Zach. Uh, excuse me, I may go with Justin. But I think Zach Wilson has a chance to have as good a career as any of the quarterbacks coming out, regardless of where he might be drafted. The reason is twofold. First of all, he has what amounts to the price of entry. He's got the arm talent. He can throw the ball deep down the field. He can drive it into tight windows on the far side of the field. He can take speed off of it and throw it with touch, all those different things. But that's only mildly interesting if you don't have the mental capacity to process information fast enough. There were a lot of quarterbacks that came out and had two flaws when they came into the NFL as first-round draft choices. One flaw was they were great throwing the ball in shorts, but when they were under pressure, they didn't throw so well. Zach Wilson actually throws well under pressure. We've seen him fling that ball 50 yards in the air all the way across the field as he was rolling to the side with pressure coming at him and drop it in a bucket. So that's good. The second problem that a lot of quarterbacks have coming in is that they can tell you all the answers on the practice field or in the meeting room on the the whiteboard. And they get into the game, and they need to be able to process that same information in two seconds or less or it's no good. If it's two and a half seconds, you can't play quarterback in the NFL no matter how well you throw the ball. And Zach has proven that he has not only the work ethic to study and learn the academic side of it, but he's got the speed of processing that at least on the college level, he's able to solve problems very, very quickly. Now he'll need to translate that into the NFL 
in even a shorter time frame. But so far, scouts will look at him and say, yeah, he solved every problem he's needed to solve mentally as a college quarterback. And that's very important going to the next level. Yeah, unlike me in pre-calculus, my junior in high school, I didn't solve anything. Let's walk through the NFL draft order, and I want to talk about where he might go. So obviously, Jaguars, if Trevor Lawrence comes out, you'd think he'd go there. Justin Fields, dark horse there. Jets, maybe Justin Fields, like you said, maybe Zach Wilson. If Zach doesn't go in the top two, Dolphins aren't taking a quarterback, you'd think, after drafting Tua last year. Falcons is intriguing, uh, Trevor. Uh, Bengals don't need one. Joe Burrow. Eagles, maybe. Jalen Hurts, they like him. Lions, do they stay with Matt Stafford? Panthers signed Teddy Bridgewater. Broncos think Drew Locke's the guy, I think. Cowboys have Dak Prescott. Giants have uh, Daniel Jones. Niners at 12. I feel like maybe it's 4 12 for Zach if he falls out of the top two. What do you think? I think the 49ers would be a good fit for him. Kyle Shanahan, their head coach, is very innovative in the way he uses all of the skill set of his quarterbacks. And with Joe Garoppolo kind of not being Joe Garoppolo in recent years, they may be looking for somebody to come in and take over or at least compete with Joe. And I think that means that they'll be able to use his ability to run without putting him, this is Zach now, without putting him in a position where he gets beat up too much. It's an ideal situation from a standpoint of the play call. But keep this in mind. At the farther down the first round, Zach might fall if he doesn't go in the top two or even three. The better it is long-term for his career because he'll be going to a better team and probably a team with an aging veteran quarterback that is looking to develop a young guy for a couple of years and then put him in as a starter. That happened to Steve Young. I mean, Steve Young went to the USFL. He went to Tampa. He ended up in San Francisco behind Joe Montana and didn't start until he was in his 30s. But then he stepped out and had a Hall of Fame career because he was more than ready. You look at Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. He sat behind Ref Favre for a long time, but when he stepped in, he was ready. Then you look at some rookie quarterbacks now are coming in and doing better early, especially because of the way that college concepts have crept up into NFL offenses. But still, I think you've got an advantage if you can sit behind an established veteran for a year or so. Look at Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith in Kansas City. So what does that mean? That means maybe a place like Tampa. The Colts. Tampa's got Tom Brady. He won't be there forever. The Colts, Phillip Rivers, he won't be there forever. These are places where if he drops down a little bit farther in the first round, if he ends up going, it actually could be better for his long-term career. So I wouldn't be too upset if I'm Zach Wilson if I didn't go in the top ten. Yeah, listening to you uh, talk about all those iconic quarterbacks and thinking about Zach as the understudy is pretty fun, pretty wild, and a fun thought for sure. Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation. Zach obviously is not the only player to have declared Trevor. In fact, by my count, I have eight different BYU players that have said they're NFL bound, including Brady Christensen, Kyrus Tonga, Dax Milne, among others. How many draft picks do you expect BYU to have in the 2021 NFL draft? Well, I think they'll have at least four, those that you Woo! talked about, and they may have some other sneak in. And that would be phenomenal for BYU. I mean, it's, it's in the short term, it hurts to lose that kind of talent, of course. But in the long term, one of the things that negative recruiters have used against BYU is that they don't get a lot of guys in the NFL. Now, I don't think that's fair. If you look around the league, you've got a lot of BYU players. I mean, Fred Warner is team captain for the 49ers. Jamal Williams is a workhorse for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Taysom Hill is one of the most popular players on the Saints. Daniel Sorensen is the starting free safety for the Kansas City Chiefs. So we, we can go all the way through the NFL rosters and we can see BYU players playing key roles. But negative recruiters are trying to downplay that. Well, the more guys BYU can get drafted in any one draft, 
means that the more those negative recruiting points can be slammed out of the park. And that will help BYU long-term because recruits will see that they can not only come to BYU and play what amounts to a Power 5 schedule in a non-COVID year, they can also fulfill their dreams of being in a place like BYU as an undergraduate. And from there, they can get to the NFL. And so this year's draft is going to be very interesting for BYU's recruiting going forward. Four would be awesome. Can't wait for the NFL draft. The, uh, it's the cost of business for a great team, right? The news of the day, however, and we've buried it till right now, is that Jeff Grimes is reportedly taking the offensive coordinator position at Baylor, which should be fun because BYU plays at Baylor in October. What's your reaction to Jeff Grimes reportedly going to Baylor? You know what? I, much respect for Jeff Grimes and only wish him the best. He, he gave BYU a lot when he was here. He developed players. He developed the offense around them. And he's the architect of this fantastic offense that maximized Zach Wilson and his receivers in his offensive line, a power running team that also had a downfield passing attack that was second to none. When you look at teams that do that, the two teams that are in the finals did that. Alabama and Ohio State both have devastating physical power running backed up by not just short passing game, but deep strike passing game and that's exactly the style that Jeff Grimes instituted and then developed players around and it was phenomenal I think he'll do a great job at Baylor but who BYU brings in to replace him will need to be not only innovative he'll also need to be first and foremost a developer of talent bringing guys and then develop them into outstanding college football players better than what other teams who passed on those guys thought they could be it's teaching and developing that is the key, and that's one of the things that Grimes did so well. Apparently it's time for a few BYU guys to just go to the great state of Texas because now Steve Sarkeesian is taking over for the Longhorns. Interested to hear your thoughts on how Steve Sarkeesian fits in as the new head coach of such a blue-blood program. He's a, a great fit there for a lot of reasons. The biggest is, in a word, Oklahoma. In order for Texas to get where they want to go, they've got to get past the Sooners. And Tom Herman was one in four, including a double dip in a championship game season against Oklahoma. That's the problem. They can't get past Oklahoma. So how do you do that? Well, you've got to develop an offense that can match or exceed them because really defenses anymore are not the key to success in college football, although they are important. Offenses are the key to success. And Steve Sarkeesian will be able to say to recruits that he developed Mac Jones at quarterback from a guy who was thought to be a game manager and an afterthought to a big time playmaking downfield passing Heisman finalist. And he can point to Devonte Smith, the wide receiver who may well win the Heisman this year, who is a guy that excels at precision route running. We see his speed. We see him jump high in the air and catch the ball. But when you look at how he runs his routes, there is a devotion to the craft of route running. And that is a, a legacy of Alabama wide receivers going back to like Julio Jones and Amari Cooper, et cetera, that Devontae Smith has continued. But he has been developed in that by coaches like Steve Sarkeesian. So all those terrific recruits in Texas can look at Longhorns and say, look, I can succeed there at the highest level because the guy who's proven he can do it in the last several years would now be my head coach. That helps recruiting for the Texas Longhorns tremendously i think he will be a terrific fit there now he needs to surround himself with a staff that goes deep into the heart of texas recruiting and knows the high school coaches so he can hit the ground running but as long as he does track the fantastic talent there 
And there's good news for Texas fans because the last win for Steve Sarkeesian as a BYU Cougar came in the Cotton Bowl. So that's fun. Uh, let's finish with this. Ohio State and Alabama, it's a week out. We'll ask for a prediction of the winner next week because the game's on Monday. But what do you think of the matchup between the Buckeyes and the Crimson Tide? You know, the interesting thing is that Ohio State was so hard to uh, evaluate coming into the, the semi against Clemson because they only had six games and a lot of players missed some of those games. I mean, their last two games, they had at least 20 guys miss each of those two games. And that means also the practice surrounding them. And so they had never really put together the kind of rhythm and chemistry that I expected them to put together. And until Clemson, then everything clicked into place all at once and they blew Clemson out of the water. And if you compare these two teams, you've got defenses that are solid. I think Alabama has the edge. But the offense is interesting because both have a a strong power running game with big physical running backs. Both have a vertical passing game with receivers that can get downfield and finish the play, making great catches for deep strikes. The biggest difference that I see on paper right now on offense is that while Alabama's Mac Jones at quarterback is a great deep thrower, and he's a pretty good runner, Justin Fields of Ohio State is every bit as accurate throwing down the field, but he's an elite runner. I mean, he's got the the power and the moves of a high-level running back, and he also can throw the ball down the field with the best of them. I mean, his accuracy overall and his accuracy downfield, Justin Fields, has been better over the last couple of years than even Trevor Lawrence at those same kinds of things. So that's where I think there's a big difference. But again, chemistry is everything, and we'll find out if this Ohio State team came together against Clemson on a one-off and they just got kind of fortunate that it worked out or if they now are ready to carry that chemistry and that rhythm forward into the championship game. That to me will be the biggest unknown and the biggest individual factor. The Buckeyes and the Tide one week from tonight. He is Trevor Maddich, first round draft pick back in 1985, first rate broadcaster for ESPN and a friend of BYU Sports Nation. Great to talk with you, Trevor. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why, we show how. Someone tweeted, uh, firing Tom Herman and hiring Steve Sarkeesian is like driving by an Applebee's and pulling into Chili's. Because they're like a very similar uh, situation, like a high-level OC, right? Obviously, Sark's our guy. We love it. But I thought that was pretty amusing. (laughs) Whether you agree with it or not, it's funny. Hopefully, the dish that you get at Chili's or Applebee's is the best one that they offer up. I like the fajitas. Pretty, they come out, they're sizzling. Everyone's like, who got that? You know what I'm saying? Okay, coming up, who's going to be the toughest replaced next season? Kyrus Tonga, Dax Milner, Jeff Kraft. And will Zach Wilson be playing for a first-year NFL coach? Does he really want that? This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. If you like highlights, interviews, archive content, subscribe to the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. I know that Micah Simon has subscribed already. Just so you know, none of the BYU versus UCF plays will be in the top 100. Yeah, and that's on demand as well on the BYU TV app, of course. So you can go back and watch those plays and figure out where you would put those in the top 100 as of December 12th. Right. Yeah, we did it uh, preseason. We wanted to get it in there. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll update it in a couple of years. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it.
The Cougar Whip Around, presented by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problem. BYU football now has four alumni as FBS head coaches with Steve Sarkeesian of Texas, Kyle Whittingham of Utah, Mike Leach of Mississippi State, taking pictures in the stands, and of course, Kalani Stocky at BYU, most in FBS, according to longtime radio statesman Ralph Sokolowski. What does this mean? That Lavelle Edwards is still the man, and his coaching tree right. continues to grow. That was my first thought, Matt. You know, if it's not a coach that coached under Coach Edwards, it's a player that was underneath Coach Edwards. Yep. The latest Steve Sarkeesian. This is great. This is fantastic news. I love the prestige that comes because Steve will always be former BYU quarterback great, now the head coach of Texas. Yeah. Just continues the conversation about BYU's program. Pretty cool to have, uh, you know, three former players there, and then and then Mike Leach was just like an interested student. Well, those aren't just any FBS coaches. We're talking about high-level programs. Right, and, and we're looking at, what, three? Three Power 5 programs plus, of course, BYU. And then you talk about different offensive coordinators out there and, and Robert and I and now, uh, you know, uh, of course, Jeff Grimes at Baylor and whatnot, Aaron Roderick at BYU. So uh, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. All right, the New York Jets and Jacksonville Jaguars. Shocker, Jerem, have both fired their head coaches after a one-win season for the Jaguars and what a two-win season for the Jets. Will Zach Wilson be playing for a first-year NFL head coach, meaning the Jaguars or Jets next year? Okay, potentially fourth to the Falcons. Uh, they fired Dan Quinn. Ooh. Um, so maybe that. Or 12th to the Niners with Kyle Shanahan. Uh, I put out a, a tweet about uh, some of these teams. People saying, whoa, 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 what about Carolina at eight? So I'm not sure it's about uh, the first-year head coach or not, but to me, if he slides a little bit, that wouldn't be the worst thing. Patriots sitting at 15, by the way. That would be fun. Will any of these teams trade up because – High-level ESPN personalities have suggested that is very much in the cards, specifically if Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields go one and two. Yeah. And there are going to be some teams that are willing to trade yes. up to get a guy like Zach Wilson. I was so happy that Justin Fields had his best game ever uh, against Clemson in the Sugar Bowl because, hey, Zach Wilson doesn't have to go to the Jets now. <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, BYU Hoops last played 12 days ago. Are you concerned the Cougars will be rusty in the next game? Yes, and I think it's natural. I think they'll be over-anxious to get back on the court, and so it's not that they're going to be tired, but the rust will be just, man, we haven't played at this speed in such yeah. a long time that they're going to be, I don't know, probably an inordinate amount of turnovers. They'll turn the ball over a bunch, but I still think BYU is a good team, so they'll win the game. But, yeah, yeah, I'm concerned. BYU needs to play ball. BYU had its games canceled at Pepperdine at San Diego last week with COVID issues with those two teams. Pacific has yet to announce that they're out of COVID, by yeah, the way. they announced that they so, were in quarantine. On December 21st, hopefully they're out to play Thursday, but what if they aren't? Because BYU has a bye Saturday. So what's BYU basketball going to do? Are they going to not play between December 23rd and January 14th? It's a long Nothing time, man. I love more than BYU opening up conference play against St. Mary's, <laughs> which would happen on January 14th if BYU right. can't play a game until and, then. And full disclosure, behind the scenes, BYU's working to play as much as they can, right? They're trying to yes. play games. More on BYU basketball. ESPN's Joe Lenardi has the Cougars as his second team out in the latest bracketology. The Cougars sit at number 66 in the Kempom rankings, number 52 in the most important metric, the first net rankings. Also, BYU just just out receiving 18 votes in this week's AP Top 25. They're number 33 in the the top top 25. 25. On a scale of 1 to 10, Jerem, how concerned are you about BYU's current at-large ability? Nine. Uh, I think BYU can't get in because BYU's out right now. If they can't play as much, I, I think 
as a team in the WCC, which on its best year would be like the seventh or eighth best league. A lot of times it's like ninth or tenth in, in the country. This is concerning to me because you have Andy Katz saying BYU's 23rd. You have Fox Sports saying BYU's the seventh seed. But the real things are Lenardi, BYU's just out, and then Net 52. BYU's got to get into the low 40s to have a shot here. I'm about a five right now because BYU you have still, those glasses? BYU still <laughs> has Gonzaga on the schedule twice sure. and St. Mary's on the schedule twice. No matter well, what happens with BYU. Do they? No matter what happens with BYU against Gonzaga, if they play that game. Right. That's the concern, will, though. Okay, if they play the game. They're going to get a huge boost yeah. in the metrics. Yeah. Just by playing the yes. game. Yes, just by playing the game. Agreed. But let's play the games. 0 for 2 so far. So you think uh, coaching college football is glamorous, right? <laughs> Eric Mateos uh, put out a video of uh, graduate assistant Dylan Hutchins. Shout out to uh, Tyson, his brother, on a blocking sled. Does this look fun, Spencer? <laughs> Does this look fun? So a couple offensive oh! linemen. <laughs> Face back into that metal bar, maybe? You know what I was really thinking the first time I saw this video? Um, can I ride that thing down a mountain of snow? Is that like a sled thing? Oh, no, dude. You're banging your knees into that like a little kid on his bike toppling over. Oh, that would hurt. Put some pads around those bars and yeah. turn that into like a snow toy. All John Brown is like, listen, running into a metal thing is not awesome. <laughs> Remember that, 2015? Yes. Okay, coming up, we discussed the obvious choice of new offensive coordinator for BYU now that Jeff Grimes is at Baylor. It's Aaron Rodgers. And which of the departing BYU football Cougars will be the hardest to replace for the program? Is it Coach Grimes or is it a player? Or is it that BYU Sports Nation? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Game highlights, interviews, archive content. You can watch a lot of Tyler Algier touchdowns on the BYU TV Sports YouTube channel today. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a Monday live in Studio B. Cougar football finds itself in some unfamiliar territory. What, in the top 15? We move into 2021 offseason, yes. And I think BYU is going to finish in the top 10. Yeah. Because of everybody that's lost above. Indiana down, Coastal Carolina. At this point, it's not a think. It's just a logical explanation. They're going to be, I think they're going to be number 10. How how great is that? It's awesome. Fourth highest ever. Finish yeah. in the AP poll if BYU finishes at number 10. But I don't have the team fourth best ever. I put them in the top 10 for sure. But that's a conversation for another day. I think BYU, th- this was a great season. I'm interested to figure out exactly what. Mark that down for May 12th. Uh, how we- about No, let's do it in a couple weeks because BYU has got to play some games. <laughs> we got chose to fill here. Let's go. Okay. As we mentioned, it's going to be an interesting and yeah. a fun yeah. Loaded offseason for BYU with so many different pieces to replace, including now offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, who, as we learned, has taken the job as the offensive coordinator at Baylor. Like, like Zach, he's taking the money. Yo, can, you, <laughs> can you blame him? No, absolutely not. Let's ask the question. Between Coach Grimes and eight players that have officially declared for underclassmen, who's going to be the toughest to replace? This is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. So here is our list of four that we have uh, narrowed it down to. Jeff Grimes, Kyrus Tonga, Brady Christensen, or Dax Milne. Who's going to be the toughest we, to replace? We don't include Zach in this because obviously he's yes. the toughest. Yes. Uh, I say Brady Christensen. What did we learn from the blind side? That the left tackle is a very ex- valuable member of the offense. Protects a right-handed quarterback. BYU has right-handed quarterbacks um, in, in the pipeline. I think it's Brady Christensen. First-team All-American. I don't feel like I need to say much more in this conversation. Brady Christensen is arguably the best BYU player at his position 
since Luke Staley, right? Um, according to the nation, but it depends on who who was in that position that year, right? Zach Wilson was amazing this year. If Zach Wilson is playing in 1987, he might win the Heisman or something. You know what I mean? But in 2020, he's the fourth or fifth best quarterback nationally. I think Brady Christensen did such an amazing job this year. Just clean pockets. You think, how did Zach Wilson do what he did? A lot of that is because he was untouched off times. Why is Zach Wilson getting 10 rushing touchdowns as well? Because the O-line blocks really well. His offensive line was awesome. So, yeah, I, I think all these guys will be hard to replace. Like, is Gunnar Romney is the next Dax Milne. BYU doesn't have a Kairos Tonga in the pipeline. Has BYU had a Kairos Tonga all time? That's, that's my thing. That's why I say it's Kairos. Because okay. I don't know that BYU's ever had a player like Kairos ever at nose tackle. So how do you find that guy? I mean, there were some guys in the transfer portal that BYU was hoping maybe well, to get. those guys go to Utah now. Like, before, they would have come to BYU, but they go to Utah. Or they go to Baylor. <laughs> I think or they go to specifically. Baylor. The LSU transfer. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, look at that. Okay. okay yeah. So, I, for me, it's – Brady Christensen is an unbelievable player. Wait, did Jeff know a couple weeks ago? Okay, I'm putting two and two together. That is a huge spot to fill on yeah. the blind side. But, All of these are. But because BYU had depth at the offensive line and – we feel like they still be pretty good, even losing Brady. The first team All American, good though. But who does BYU have coming back on the defensive line that's anything close to Kairos Tonga? And again, as you pointed out, and I was going to say this if you didn't, BYU's never had a player like him ever. So it's just hard to find that guy. Yeah, and and, and let's talk about Kairos for a second. I think to some degree he underachieved a little bit. Well, his, num- I, his I, numbers I thought- are not like. I I wanted a little bit more from him. Um, I don't think he's a day two guy. I think he's a day three guy now. And I was hoping he'd become a day two guy. And if he was his best, best, best self, and he was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he wasn't good. I'm just saying I think he could have been, like, unbelievable. Um, For whatever reason, it didn't didn't work out as well. And hopefully on film, the evaluators are are seeing much more than I know. They're seeing him being double teamed 90% of the time. Obviously, they're way more uh, insightful than I am uh, on this particular thing. But hopefully he's uh, like a Danny Shelton type from Washington who, yeah, you put him in at nose and he's going to be good. My main issue, though, is he wasn't a stay-in-the-whole-drive guy. Like Maybe that was BYU's just philosophy of line changes and whatnot, but Kyrus is awesome. He's going to be an NFL draft pick. Uh, I just was, I think, hoping he was a day two guy, and I'm guessing he falls to day three. Isn't it interesting when we're like, oh, man, we hopefully Kyrus gets into day two, when a couple of years ago we're like, I just hope BYU has a player drafted into the NFL. Now, Trevor well, that's a pathetic standard. that he thinks yeah. that BYU is going to have as many as four players. Four. Taken. So who are the four? Zach, Kyrus, Brady, and Dax? Dax he thinks man. Dax? Um, yeah, D- Dax could be a day three guy. Um, I think when Dax gets into uh, the pro day situations and those workouts, he will shine. Because on the surface, he's going to get stereotyped. Okay, here's the slot guy. Here's the you know slow white guy with good hands. No, no, no. He's like he's fast. And he has incredible hands and great route running. Like he's the closest thing Bureau's had to Austin Collie in a minute, right? And I think Gunnar Romney is the next evolution of this. Yes, Gunnar Romney got a little bit hurt and played second fiddle a little bit to Dax eventually. And Gunnar Romney is going to do what uh, Dax did to some great degree. I don't know if he's going to get a thousand yards against seven Power Fives in Boise State, but I think he can have like an eight hundred yard year, eight touchdown year. Gunnar was the guy for the first two weeks of the season. He, he was, went a hundred three yes. games in a row, or yeah, something, right? Like, and then he got a little bit banged up, right? And BYU's not playing Texas State, 
LaTeX, Troy, a bunch of weeks like next year. It's going to be power five corners, right? And you're going to have uh, better talent. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Again, this is the cost of business. This is a casualty of greatness. Is going 11-1, you're going to lose people. But guess what? I will take it. You know what You know what Utah did after 08? They weren't that good for a little while in there when they got into the Pac-12. But guess what? It was totally worth it. Like, if BYU struggles next year, it was worth it. But I don't think they will. I think BYU goes to a bowl game. I think BYU competes for eight wins. Let's go. Okay, coming up, an elite response to our question of the day. Always. Plus, our rise and shout-outs, including a legend currently inspiring us all. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, little Jaron Hall B-roll. I like this. And Dax This Taylor. segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's rise and shout-out is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio app. Baylor Romney B-roll. We're just sprinkling in, guys. Don't have any Jacob Conover B-roll. Just roll that Otherwise, we would have done it. Otherwise, we would have done it. (laughs) Download the podcast. Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. Subscribe, review, rate. Yeah. Or we could get that play uh, that keeps cycling on ESPN uh, where the entire Chandler <laughs> High School offense lines up in a single yes. line. That's yes. our Jacob Conover B-roll. The freaking uh, centipede. With Gunnar yeah. Romney on that team as well. That's right. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Our question of the day, who's your front runner for the starting QB job for BYU in 241 days and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from Clyde Livingston on Twitter. Just find out who's driving 10 hours one way to Southern California every weekend, and that's your guy. Wow. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay, today's <laughs> Rise and Shoutouts are presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Top of the show, we mentioned, uh, in case you missed it, Dave Rose had a stroke uh, several days ago. Uh, all indications are that he's doing better. He's doing okay. Uh, Spencer learned uh, last night. So shout-out to the uh, Rose family. We're thinking about you, and hope for the best for Dave. Yeah, and so many great stories with Dave. Uh, one of my favorites that features both of us is when he yelled at us for playing catch on his front lawn. Yeah, the, the, the annex Center. lawn. Yeah, yeah, it's great sense of humor. Doesn't get enough. Like this is that. embarrassing. <laughs> we we love the Rose family. I, so I agree. Much. We are embarrassed. I'm going to throw in uh, Jeff Grimes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a big get for BYU uh, after the Ty Detmer situation. Three years, man. Three-year project in the making, 11-1. and Well-deserved uh, upgrade for him to go to Baylor. Cost of greatness, you lose people. Our thanks to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddox. Sorry to Dennis Pitt, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Get yourself on a blocking play. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. A shout-out to Tom Knighting. One of BYU basketball guys. Stoddard Heather plays volleyball for BYU's with BYU women. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. She's on a mission, yeah.